Hey folks and welcome to another episode of PodCraft. This is the show all about podcasting, helping you to run a successful show. I'm Colin from thepodcasthost.com, joined by Matthew. As always, how are you doing, Matthew? Very well, thanks. I'm glad you missed the initial intro that you did up, which the listener won't <laughs> You're supposed to give that away. Edit it, but, uh, I was doing the old, like, furiously moving tabs around, pressing buttons, losing stuff, minimising stuff, opening it up again. So I was actually quite glad that you stumbled horrendously and had to start again. But yeah, I'm, again. I'm doing good, Colin. How are you? Yeah, not bad actually, not bad at all, yeah. Got an exciting topic for this week, don't we? The uh, open podcasting set. I shouldn't be sarcastic because it actually is really important. Uh, it's just, uh, there's, uh, well, I don't know, what you introduce it, Matthew. You're the one that um, introduced this topic to our, our blog. So why are we talking open podcasting? Yeah, it's a d- definitely worthy and timely topic to, to discuss on this episode, I think. And um yeah, it's one of these topics I think that at first first glance like seems to be a bit obscure and pedantic. It's kinda you know, it's not a million miles away from the old like RSS feed, you know, is it a, is it a podcast, <laughs> is it not? Which you know, I've I've laughed at in the past, uh, Colin, and so have you. But uh, to be honest, there's a bit more to it than I've maybe initially given it credit for, uh, and it all relates to this sort of open podcasting ecosystem. The fact that like if you are a podcaster, you could pump your show out there into millions of different apps that most of them you've never heard of before. You could get listeners in places you weren't even aware existed. And likewise, as a podcast listener, you can hear about a new show that everyone's talking about. You could go into your favourite app and you can get the latest episode you know, in your queue amongst all your other favourite shows. And it's just a really good, easy experience for everyone, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I am with you as well. Like, I... The whole RSS feed argument, it's like, it's kind of easy to laugh at it because, and we have done, like you say, because really listeners don't care, do they? They just want to consume their content. So I have kind of often been of the view that we need to be kind of open and flexible and all that kind of stuff. But I think it is becoming more clear, and and this is probably my naivety, I don't know about yourself, but not really kind of thinking about how industries go, Um, certainly in the early days, like how companies want to become a monopoly, how companies want to kind of control elements of industries and and kind of being a bit naive that podcasting is a creative industry that's always going to be like that. So yeah, it's, it's becoming more front of mind, isn't it? And as more companies try and kind of take that approach, that closed podcasting approach, I suppose. So yeah, shall we dig into it, Matthew? We're going to basically look at why it's important to us as creators, why it would be a downside for us as if podcasting became more closed and why it's really important for listeners as well and then in the end of the day what we can do about it to help podcasting stay open is that kind of the the structure we're going to follow yeah definitely and i I, you know we've just hinted on what open podcasting is there Uh, you got a kind of brief explanation of what like we mean by closed podcasting then yeah, I mean, closed podcasting is when somebody has a podcast, which is only available on one platform. Essentially, it's the kind of whole idea around exclusive shows. So uh, Rogan, Joe Rogan, our, our friend Joe, you, you and I know very well, don't we, Matthew? Of Definitely. course, uh, been podcast Illuminati. Illuminati? That's not the right word. Alumni. <laughs> that's a totally different thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Joe went exclusive with Spotify 
um, a couple of years now, was it? I can't even remember. Yeah. But he, his show suddenly moved to Spotify. That's the only place you can get it. It's what you could call a walled garden. The only place Joe appears. And that is closed podcasting because it means that Joe now, if you want to listen to him, you've got to download Spotify. And it's the only way you can listen to his show. So that's kind of the opposite. That's closed podcasting. Whereas open podcasting, Matthew... You listen to it anywhere, eh? Yeah, and that's, like you said, you, you used the word naive, Colin, and I would say that about myself. I've maybe been a bit dismissive of this in the past when people have been going on about, like, you know, is it a podcast, is it not? And I've always said in the past, well, who cares? You know, if somebody's listening to something, they want to call it a podcast, the creator wants to call it that, that's fine. And uh, yeah, slightly naive there because the bigger picture here is that companies are then pulling content into their own little walled garden and it's all getting closed off and it's all fragmenting and ultimately podcasting suffers from that because listeners come into the medium and it's not as simple as it used to be where, it, like I say, you, you want any show out there, you just get it on the app that you want to use and it's all in one place and it's simple. And for the creator as well, you're creating, you know, you're just pushing out everywhere. And, um, you know, there could potentially be a future where it's more like television. You know, you've got your Netflix. Do you ever have that call on, you know, Friday night and you're like, uh, we're watching yeah. a show? I'm, I always put the wrong one on. Like, I'll put Netflix on. Yeah. She comes through and she's like, no, that's Prime. So you've got to switch yeah. it about. So. Yeah. No, no, it's Disney. No, it's not. It's, it's now TV. It's, uh... <laughs> Aye, so it'd be, a, it'd be a shame if podcasting ended up and, you know, going down this, a similar route, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, the best experience you would argue, you could argue, is that you know if you're a listener, you you you're trying to get into podcasting. Somebody's told you about this cool show that you're like, all right, that sounds quite good. Let me go and see if I can listen to it. You look up the app store and whatever phone you're on, whether it's Apple or Android or like some weird esoteric new system that comes up next year. And you just find a podcasting app, you search for that show and it shows up and it's always, and it's there in whatever app you find. Um, and then you can find any other show that anyone talks about as well. Nothing is behind a wall. Uh, so that's arguably the best experience. And there's arguments, arguments against that around monetization, around sort of growing the industry, things like that potentially. But I don't know. I think, I think I'm way more behind that kind of open ecosystem where a listener is much more easily onboarded into podcasting because there's just no complication. There's no confusion of what app, where, what, what do I do now? So yeah, that's kind of, that's why I think at least. Yeah. So I, I thought it'd be good to, to think about two or three ways that we all currently benefit from the open podcasting ecosystem. So we've touched on, you know, at least one of these already. The, the main one is just that publish everywhere. Uh, if you want to, you know, find listeners everywhere, even places you've not heard of. And when I say like, if you like some podcasters, I know they maybe don't feel that their values align with, say, the values of like Amazon or that. So they have the freedom to say, well, I'm not going to make my podcast available there. You know, you could opt out of Spotify. You don't have, you don't have to submit there. You could, you know, you could not be in Apple. You're going to not be in a, a lot of different places, but you have that freedom of choice, don't you? Like you could really choose where you're available and where you're not. I think the only really exception there is, is probably Google. There's nothing much you could do about them finding <laughs> you, but you've, you've just got yeah. that freedom of distribution, don't you? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is, isn't it? It's about being able to control your show. It's about being able to make sure it's out there for anyone that wants to find it, um, monetize it the way you want, run it the way you want, make it appear where you want, all that kind of stuff. So that's all part of open openness in the standards. 
Uh, another benefit that we currently have from open podcasting is around monetization. Like if you choose to monetize your podcast, it's pretty much up to you how you want to do that. Like there's so many different uh, monetization avenues open to you. We've done episodes on that in the past and we'll, we'll put links in the show notes to some resources too. But, you know, if you ended up tied in exclusively to one particular app or company, they could then dictate to you, no, you know, you're not doing that, you're not doing this, you're not selling that product. Here are here are your ads, basically, and we're going to play mm. these. So there's that as well, isn't there? That that freedom to just monetize in any way you like that you've got at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and that has existed in the past with um, with free platforms sometimes, hasn't it? Like if you sign up for some some free platforms, they'll automatically insert adverts into your show, and you've got less freedom over what actually ends up in your show. It's a different kind of closed podcasting, I suppose, where you exchange your freedom for uh, free services, <laughs> but um, same kind of approach. So yeah, yeah, you want to be you want to have control of your show, don't you? You want to be able to choose what appears on there um, or what doesn't appear. That's the main thing as well. What about like I mean what if you're tied into a show and it just kind of like <laughs> similarly a lot of those free platforms have disappeared over the years haven't they I mean what happens then if you're tied into one of them exactly yeah I mean this is it's not exactly podcasting but we were laughing con just a, a couple of days ago about all the the wee fads that we've seen throughout the years remember it was like you need to be on, it was like Periscope and Meerkat and you need to build Meerkat, a following yeah. on like Blab <laughs> and stuff. And people invested loads of time on these platforms yeah. building followings, didn't they? And then the platform went down the tubes and you're, you're sort yep. of back to square one. So if your podcast yep. just exists in this one place and that place goes away, it's a catastrophe for you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, there's people spent like a year, two years growing an audience on Meerkat. I can't remember how long it lasted, but it felt like that long. And then it just went poof. Yeah, just disappeared. Meerkat's <laughs> dead. Meerkat's dead. <laughs> and so are all your hopes of an audience. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, I know it's nasty. Yeah, You don't want to be reliant on any one place. That's the big benefit of open podcasting is that doesn't matter where you publish, um, you own your content, you put it out there into the open ecosystem and it appears anywhere. So any one platform that goes down doesn't take your show down at all. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's it's nuts to think about, but like if Apple tomorrow said like, no more Apple podcasts, we're not doing any podcasting ever, podcasting would survive, like it would take a hit, but it would survive. Yeah. Like all those <laughs> podcast listeners who are currently uh, listening through that platform they would just get other apps and you would keep your audience spotify again yep. they could pull out tomorrow podcasting would survive so it's not that that's not the case if you're just like that is the app that you work within you know that's how you create your show that's where you create your show at that point you're totally at their mercy and they could take it all yeah. away from you indeed indeed yeah so let's try and not rely on anyone then okay what next then? Is it around the projects? Like what are actually, what's happening right now to help try and promote this and make sure that podcasting stays open? So I first spotted this as a news story uh, last week in Pod News. And there was an announcement that a group called the Podcast Standards Project had been formed by a lot of folks that we've heard of and know really well in the industry. Transistor, Captivate, Blueberry, Buzzsprout, you know, big players uh, well-trusted folks in the industry that have been here a long time and they're getting together also with like listening platforms and apps and stuff like that as well yeah. and although these are all competitors 
they all believe in this concept of open podcasting and that it needs to stay open. And, you know, not just defending open podcasting as it exists now, but actively working to try and enhance it as well, to, to bring about new features that everyone could agree that would be useful, and then they could all work to build that and all support it. Because, again, yeah. the thing about open podcasting, we're all listening on all these different apps. If somebody invents a new feature, in theory, you know, everyone has to support it, don't they? Like, it's all very well you come up with this new fancy button or feature <laughs> or that, but it needs to be implemented across the board, doesn't it? Otherwise, it's yeah, just like well, on one app. Yeah, well, that's the trouble, isn't it? They don't have to. That is the, the whole difficulty. So podcasting has suffered from that a little bit. And that's it's kind of where podcasting 2.0 um, is a, you know, a kind of parallel stream here. And I think they're involved as well in the um, the standards project too. So podcast 2.0 is a kind of a, a movement to try and expand RSS, not to expand RSS, but to expand RSS for podcasting, really, to introduce new tags that suit podcasting, that help us with podcasting. Everything from, you know, a transcription uh, tag to um, ones around open comments and things like that. So, yeah, getting these things implemented is difficult. But if you have these boards, if you have these organizations that help to promote it and kind of standardize it and help to disseminate those improvements those developments i think that makes a huge difference so yeah it's good to see not only podcast 2.0 developing the kind of standards but the podcast standards project being a kind of a group of industry um uh people who are looking to actually promote the dissemination of it and the kind of adoption of it. i suppose that's what it is isn't it so you're comfortably older than me colin you know i'm just a young man you've been alone <gasps> around a, a long long time but at least two years <laughs> yeah. an example i've i've heard used <laughs> quite a lot when i've been reading and listening all the content around this is uh, web browsers and in the early days yeah, of the internet yeah. You know, you'd have certain sites work on certain browsers and stuff like that. And yeah. and folks did have to get together and say, look, we do need to standardize this to an extent because the user yeah. experience at the moment, you know, it could end up like today in 2023, <laughs> maybe, you know, in an alternative future, we've got like six different browsers for like different groups of websites and stuff like that. And none of them talk to one another. That could have happened, yeah. I suppose. But because yeah, these folks to <laughs> got together, that they managed to work and avoid it. Yeah, totally. Like you have to open Safari to open, uh, you know, the New York Times and you have to open Chrome to open uh, the BBC website. And yeah, it'd be crazy. You just and take that yeah, for granted not, now, don't you? That you could like know, yeah. browse the internet on any browser, basically. Yeah. And that was such a painful thing as well. Like I, I remember building websites in the early days of the internet um, when, you know, you had to try and work around. And internet Explorer was the giant. This is the trouble. Like you, you always get one company that ends up taking a fair bit more control than others. And then they try and shape it to their own, you know, their own desires, which is exactly what's starting to happen now in podcasting. And that was Internet Explorer back then. They just kind of didn't care about the standards. They just built their own stuff and, and didn't talk to the other browsers as much. And the other browsers ended up building the standards more. Um, and Google came in, Chrome, Chrome take over, took over, can't speak today, and started to, because of that, you know, there was a bit more of a share. And therefore, standards started to be applied a bit more reasonably. So, yeah, it was painful in the early days, though, trying to build a website. You had to have all these alternatives. Like, you had to build in all these clauses. Like, if Internet Explorer, show this. If Google Chrome, show this. If, what were the other ones? I mean, Netscape and things like that. <laughs> Did you ever use Netscape, Matthew? I don't think so, no. I've heard of it, but I don't think I ever used it, no. 
yeah, yeah. But that took a long time to get there. So I'm hoping that we can learn from that and, you know, things like the podcast standard project podcast 2.0 all of that can help podcasting hopefully avoid a bit of that and i think there's potentially less of a monopoly as well like maybe there has been in the past with apple podcasts but certainly spotify's kind of given them a bit of a um fright and other ones other listening apps coming in as well potentially i don't know what do you think I just going back to like you're talking about like the um podcasting 2.0 and stuff like that so my understanding mm-hmm. of it is that you know, that group have been working away on this type of stuff for some time now, building new features, which they often refer to as tags. Here's one of the, I think, one of the issues we have is just the accessibility of getting this information to just Mm. the average podcaster or the average podcast listener. Um, When you start to hear terminology like podcasting 2.0 and the podcasting namespace and tags and things like that, um, (laughs) it it, it just becomes like people are thinking, I've no clue what this is or why it should matter or anything like that. So Yeah, the the thing is, we as podcasters, you shouldn't have to care, though, about the actual term podcast namespace or podcast 2.0 tags or anything. This is down to the hosting platforms, the creation platforms to implement. The trouble is they'll only implement them when they are um, persuaded to. (laughs) So it's either the hosting platform or the software platform is really keen to do it and really keen to be involved in this, promote this approach, which is probably uh, an indication all the people in the podcast standards project are really keen to do that. And we are as well with Alitu. Like that's really what I've had it down in our roadmap to really start building all the podcast 2.0 tags in um, very soon. Like we've kind of, we've got that as a, a part of the roadmap for this year. So it has to be either a platform that's really keen to get involved or they have to be persuaded to by their users. Um, so this is where I think it is worth creators knowing something about it so that they can try and persuade their host to actually implement it. But at the end of the day, the, the creator doesn't need to know the podcast namespace, 2.0, all that kind of stuff. It's just going to be a, a setting, a field in their hosting platform, mm. generally. It's just going to be something that they can fill in in their hosting platform. Um, so it's worthwhile us disseminating this, I think, so that more creators can know about it and try and persuade their hosting platform. But hopefully a year or two years down the line, they don't need to care because it's all just there. <laughs> uh, and then I suppose there is the standards project and stuff like that that needs to be kind of out there pushing it so that any new hosting platforms or any new standards come in, they're still implemented. Yeah. I don't know how these work. <laughs> that feels like what's what's kind of the approach though. One of the uh, the things that is really exciting, I think, is um, we hear it mentioned a lot is this push for cross-app comments. I know that work on yeah, this is, yeah. is certainly underway. And mm-hmm. based on our, uh, our IndiePod census, which we're, we're going to be publishing a report of quite soon, one of the most definitive stats, I think you would call it, was uh, 81% of podcasters don't feel that they get enough feedback from their audience. So I think something like this would be huge. I mean, obviously, some listening apps out there have comment capabilities, but you would only see them on that mm-hmm. app. So imagine a yeah. imagine a world <laughs> where uh, you know, Colin, you 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 comment on my podcast and tell me you, you thought it was rubbish. You do that on Spotify, and I open up Overcast yeah. and I see your comment. And I reply to you and call yeah. you a dick, and uh, we have a wee conversation <laughs> there across apps. So um, yeah, exactly. A lot of podcasters would would 
would love that. Um, I, I've yeah. got my own yeah. opinions about whether opening up these comments are necessarily a good thing, <laughs> and maybe people think they would like it, but they, they wouldn't. But uh, yeah, I, I know we're like certainly I'm on the the end of the scale nearer to you around um, <laughs> comments and uh, social media and stuff like that. But I mean, there's no doubt that the comments in YouTube, while they can be very painful and nasty and all that kind of stuff, there's some channels that have, you know, great conversations going on there, great engagement, building community, building engagement, all that engagement there. So there's no doubt that there's positive sides to it. But yeah, I mean, that'd be great to see. There's just to give a wee bit of info there, like the podcast and 2.0 community have a few proposals here. They've got one called podcast colon not colon is it colon yeah colon <laughs> not getting my uh, yeah my punctuation right here podcast colon comments there's a tag under discussion and that would be more like kind of youtube comments like you're saying decentralized though across all the apps um and there, there's already open standards around around this like called um, activity pub you can look into if you look up activity pub um john spurlock from uh, podcast 2.0 set up a wee um, activity pub server called mini pub uh, and he's got a big guide on how to use it too so if you're in podcasting you're a bit more technical you want to see how it's how it works and whether you want to start experimenting with it look them up we'll pop that in the show notes as well um so this stuff already is underway um and it's just it'd be really cool to see it out there even things like you know podcast colon social as well it's another one that helps better tag social networking apps to your podcast too if you want to grow community there so stuff like this is already like heavily underway it's just about getting it more implemented more um, disseminated amongst all the apps so that you know everyone can can use them and it becomes an actual standard as opposed to something that's just a cool feature in one listening app do you know one last thing and maybe it helps persuade people how useful this could be one last use case of this that you often see is something like a donate button so <laughs> every podcaster wants to monetize a bit more easily and there is um capability if we have a bit more open podcasting we sort of expand that um, that space then maybe you have one donate place there's a donate button shows up in every single listening app out there it's just really easy to actually collect some donations or some contributions towards your show and that's much more easy with open podcasting too and kind of those expanded standards yeah the transcript so, button too like i've um I've tried yeah. to get trans transcripts in the past from shows that I've listened to. You know, maybe I want to yep. to yep. use them as notes or whatever, and it's hard to find. Like I know shows are doing transcripts, but there's not an obvious yeah. place yeah. to go and find them. Uh, some yeah. hosting platforms will have buttons in their players. Some will have sections on their own web pages. But it's again, you're kind of having to guess. Whereas you know, yeah. we could have a standard where there just as I get the transcript here button, and it's everywhere. Yep. That's it. That's a really good example because there are quite a few hosts out there, not quite a few, there are some hosts out there who have implemented this tag and we've got it in planning with Alitu as well because it's one I believe in a lot actually, just making it more accessible and it's more useful to listeners no matter who you are to be able to look back and see like what people say, just skim over it. There's a tag out there and it exists on some hosts right now uh, that is just podcast transcript. Uh, So it attaches your transcript to your RSS feed. But the trouble is that listener apps, listening apps, have to implement a way to download or view or, you know, use them in some way. So that's a big part of this. It's not only changing RSS and getting those standards put into RSS, it's persuading the listening apps 
to actually put the work in to utilize them to to make it work for the listener uh, because that's the harder bit you know it's not necessarily to their huge benefit to do that and it's a fair bit of work to do it so that needs an organization that's more than one person more than one company to talk them into it so yeah good example there matthew all right, how could folks help then if they're, if they're bought into this idea and they're thinking, okay, what's next? What kind of pointers or tips might, might, we, might we be able to give them? Shall we start with folks who are podcast listeners, as literally everyone listening yeah. to this is? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, the, the big thing is the listening apps, like I just said, like persuading the listening apps to start paying attention to it a bit more. So if you use a listening app that's, um, well, I was about to say if it's not Apple Podcasts, is there any point in Apple Podcast listeners getting in touch with Apple and telling them to do it? That's enough folk <laughs> does, you, think, you never know. Uh, yeah, it's worth it, I suppose, isn't it? So yeah, no matter who your listening app is, try and reach out to them, find a contact for them, um, reach out to them and ask what their stance is on open podcasting, on Podcast 2.0, and whether they're part of the Open um, Podcast Standards Project, all that kind of stuff. Um, and just show that we care that there's kind of awareness of it that they, it's worth them looking into and supporting this stuff. What do you think? Will that work? Yeah, I think definitely getting in touch with your with your favourite listening app is a is a really good start. Yeah. Um, and also even reaching out to one or two of your favourite podcasters, you know, the folks that you listen mm. to on a mm-hmm. weekly basis, and just ask them. You know, are you aware of what's going on here? Uh, you know, a lot of podcasters simply won't be. They'll just never consider yeah. that we're all just busy working on our content. And, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes you just don't notice all this stuff going on. So uh, a good idea yeah. just to give them a shout too and, and share our blog yeah. post. It's uh, thepodcasthost.com forward slash open and uh, yeah. fire it their way. See what they think. And even and even if they do know or they have heard of it, they a lot of creators really think you know it sounds a bit technical it sounds like i mean is this like some kind of board or organization that's going to be boring does that mean anything to me is that really of any benefit to me or is it just people starting up a talking shop but hopefully share some of the stuff we've talked about here around the benefits for podcasters and listeners that really show them why they care why they should care um and yeah so as those podcasters so if you're a podcaster that hears from your listeners what can you do as a podcaster to help promote this yeah, so again, I would um, look to to share our share our post on the the topic, which is a good start. And you've got the the PSP website too. Notice there's two PSPs in podcast now because we run a show called Pocket Size <laughs> Podcast, and now we've got the Podcast Standards <laughs> Project. But anyway, uh, the the Podcast Standards Project website, you could share that with them. And there's a couple of uh, episodes linked to in our blog post as well, which I think did a really good job of just uh, breaking all this down and and talking you through why it's important. So I would look to, as a podcaster, share these resources with other podcasters in your circles or networks, folks that you talk to quite regularly, whether they're in your same topic or not is irrelevant. You know, this applies to all podcasters. So just, just doing that wee bit of spreading the word and spreading the resources about it, I think. Yep, yep. And I think the next thing is, uh, as a podcaster, get in touch with your hosting provider. Get in touch with the person that runs your hosting. Ask them what their stance is on it, whether they're developing any um, features that support podcasting 2.0 or just open podcasting in general. Uh, And share, again, the resources, share the benefits, share why you want them to do it. Uh, And hopefully the more customers of hosting platforms of podcast software that talk about this, that ask for it, the more persuaded those platforms will be to implement it. 
if you're really up for the cup, you could uh, you could even record a podcast <laughs> episode about it. Um, you, you know, you could uh, do a better job than what we've done and talk about it and uh, put it <laughs> out there to your own audience. Again, you know, if you, um, it's all about selling the benefits, isn't it? Like if you talk yeah. to your listeners through why this is important, you'll know your your audience better than we do. But a lot of podcasters will be able to put that out there to to make it relevant to their exact audience as well. So that's definitely yeah. another option. Yeah, definitely. And the final one, this can sound a little bit um, intimidating almost, but you can join the Podcast Standard Project on GitHub. Uh, GitHub's a development platform. It's actually where a lot of software is developed, is deployed, is commented on. But the thing is, you can see the software, the, the standards in development there and potentially what it's going to turn into in terms of software. But actually, it's kind of just a place to have a discussion as well and to contribute your ideas and um, to put forward proposals and to vet proposals and approve them and all that kind of stuff. So don't be put off if you think you're not in the, you know, the techie camp. Um, because it's more about hearing what normal average podcasters want and would benefit from and what your views and suggestions are. So um, see if you can get involved in that. And there'll be link a link to that in the uh, in the show notes uh, if you want to go over and see that. GitHub makes me laugh, the name of it. I think of a Git, like an old Git. Um, yeah, just that there's yeah. loads of them that are in a hub, some sort of GitHub. So <laughs> That would not be a fun place no. to be. <laughs> so... Um, Next thing you cool. could do, one of my personal favorite apps on the internet these days is one called Twitter, and you could connect with the Podcast Standards Project over there on twitter.com. Love Twitter. Oh, indeed, indeed. And they've got their own in- introductory blog post as well. Uh, what is open podcasting and why does it matter? Really worth reading. So we'll link to that in the show notes too. Alrighty, if you want to read our post on this again, just to reiterate that, it's over at thepodcasthost.com forward slash open. Anything else you want to cover, Matthew, or has that just about done it? Yeah, I think that's just about it. Um, I've enjoyed chatting cool. through it. I've uh, enjoyed uh, working with Katie on doing her, her post around it too. So, yeah, I think this yeah. is only the beginning for it as well. And um, just excited to, to throw our weight behind it in whatever way we can and see, see where it takes yeah. us from here. I know, yeah, and I'm, I can't, I'm really looking forward to getting involved in more of these with Alitu as well. Like, I really want to put a lot of these new ideas into our hosting at Alitu because I think it's just really worth promoting, uh, supporting, helping podcasters to get all of this implemented. I think transcripts will be one of our first ones um, quite soon because we already have transcripts in Alitu, so you can record in there, edit, get your transcript made, and then publish it in the hosting. But getting the transcript included into the RSS feed, I think, will be a really cool thing. And if we can persuade some listening apps to actually show it easily, that could make a big difference, I mm-hmm. think. So that'd be cool. Yeah. But then comments. I, do, I, do, I know you're kind of... I'm semi-joking. Uh, I'm cynical. semi-joking. Cynical. I, do th- I do honestly <laughs> think it'd be a good thing. I just think um, with comments, you obviously have to take the good with the bad as well. So it won't, it won't be a complete utopia yeah. when we get it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. If you, if you get some good comments, if you start to develop a great community, you're always going to get a few numpties in there. <laughs> but I think, I think that would be a really cool thing. Like imagine, um, so somebody hosts their site with us um, on Alitu. You've got your website there. The website that each episode has comments on it, um, on the website, and you can comment like you would in a blog post. But somehow those comments also appear if I look in Apple Podcasts, in Pocket Casts, in Spotify, um, so it's not even just across the listening apps like you're saying there, Matthew. It could be across like the actual web presence as well. And I don't know, there's just something really cool about that. 
the fact that you could develop a community that way, get to know people from wherever they're consuming your podcast. I mean, even like YouTube getting so involved in podcasting now as well. I wonder if there's a day where they would support it. Somehow I doubt mm-hmm. it. I, that's the thing. This The trouble is that there's a good chance that Spotify and YouTube, two particular platforms, would not support cross-platform comments. And therefore that cuts out a pretty significant listening chunk with Spotify, particularly right now, potentially YouTube in the future. Maybe the same with Apple. I don't know. But maybe we can talk them into it. Maybe if we have enough of the other listening apps that are open and uh, developing that community, then maybe actually that just drives people to use the open listening apps, which is probably an ideal world, taking people away from the closed ecosystems. Yeah, is, that I, the, I, is that the end result we want? <laughs> it, my, my optimism, which, you know, Colin, I'm famous for, would suggest that if, if one big app <clears> or company were particularly, you know, digging their heels in or negative about this, uh, trying yeah. to work against it, podcasters could just again all coming down to that sell the benefits they could drive their listeners onto other apps because there'll be benefits to doing so you know you could be sending someone to places where they could easily use these comments these transcript buttons and stuff so yeah it's just a real shame though isn't it if that does if that happens Mm -hmm. because spotify have for all i mean they've done good and bad to the industry no doubt but They've done a lot of good as well. And like the polls that they've done and the development that they've made around, you know, attracting new listeners into podcasting and, you know, the features they're implementing in their apps. Some of that stuff's really cool for building community Mm -hmm. and talking to listeners. Like those polls that they've put in recently are, it's a really nice feature. So it'd be a shame if that is kind of wasted because it's kept too closed. Yeah, I I mean, that's the thing. I don't don't know the inner workings of Spotify, so... For all I know, they might be really up for this. You know, who knows? Um, yeah, I dare yeah, say yeah, there'll be sure. folks in Spotify that, that are, you know, that are really yeah, positive yeah. about this stuff. So, fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely. See what happens. All right, folks, thank you for listening. I hope that was uh, useful to you. I hope that helps you in your podcasting endeavours in future. Uh, thanks for listening again. We'll talk to you on a future episode where we'll talk something more around podcasting success. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.